Well, uh, I want to read from the Christmas story, uh, Luke chapter 2. And I know that all of the children here tonight, all the, the, the boys and girls, I know that you are ready for, are you ready? If, listen, no adults can say amen right now. But if you kids are ready for Christmas tomorrow morning, say amen really loud. Amen. Right on. I even heard a teenager in there. That's fantastic. But I want to prepare your hearts and I want to share with you the greatest gift that we have ever been given as human beings, and that is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Luke chapter, chapter 2 tells us the story of his birth, and it tells us the story about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. And so I'm going to start in verse 6, okay, and I'm going to read through this story and, uh, and make just a few remarks on it tonight. But Luke chapter 2 and verse 6 says, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly po- of hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And then here's the verse I really want to focus on. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Man, this is such a great passage. And what I really like about it is that the shepherds get this awesome revelation of where the Christ, the Son of God, is going to be born. And they look for this sign and they run in haste to go find out if it's true. And they go and they tell Mary everything that had been told them. And what it says is that after they tell her this story, It says there in verse 19, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And tonight, what I want us to do is treasure Jesus Christ in our hearts. I want us to treasure him above all things. And like you, we're treasuring all kinds of things right now, right? I mean, this is the time to treasure valuable things in our life. Tomorrow we're going to wake up, we're going to get gifts, and we're going to treasure them. We're going to study them, admire them, play with them, put batteries in them, right? 
Uh, we're going to get toys and, and stockings, and we're going to treasure these things. And right, we should. We should. And we're going to treasure our family. We're going to treasure our husbands and our wives, depending on who they are. You can laugh at that, ladies. Men, you can't. Rightly, we're going to treasure our family. We're going to thank God. We're going to say, I thank God for our family. And we're going to treasure our church. Amen. Right? (laughs) We're going to treasure our church. And I think God wants us to treasure these things. I think he wants us to ponder these things in our heart. Like Mary, to say in our heart, I want to study this and I want to look at it. And I want to admire all these blessings that God has given to us. God wants us to because I think he wants us to have some kind of physical representation in our gifts, in our family, in our church. Some physical symbol of what we should be doing with Christ in our heart because the greatest gift and treasure we have is Jesus Christ. And what you have to realize about Mary, Mary is this poor girl. She's a a teenage girl with an unplanned pregnancy in a small town. And you can imagine the life she's going to go back to. Eventually, she's going to go back to Nazareth. You can imagine that she has nothing to go back to. She has no presents, no Christmas tree, no lights, no turkey, none of all those things. She has absolutely none of our wealth. And yet, you know what? She's happier than the richest people in our culture. And why? Because she treasured Jesus. She pondered him. She studied him. She looked at him. She admired him. And what you have to understand about Christianity is it is a looking faith. The more we look to Christ, the more we treasure him, the Bible promises the more we're going to be changed and satisfied and content and at peace. She treasures Christ and therefore she's transformed and she's able to go back to her life no matter how mundane or hard it is. She has enough in the riches of Christ to sustain her. Or consider the shepherds, they're treasuring Jesus. It says about the shepherds that that they returned glorifying and praising God. And where are they returning to? They're returning back to the fields. They're returning back to sheep that they've got to keep shepherding. And we pastors know all about sheep. Amen? They live outside. They don't have any roof over their head. They can't say, thank you, God, that I've got a roof over my head and I've got food on my plate. The shepherds were the poorest people in culture. In fact, they were considered unclean by the religious elite. They weren't even allowed to get into the gates of Jerusalem, much less the temple. And yet they're going back to this ratty life. And they're glorifying and they're praising God because they have treasured Christ. And if our lives is only about things that money can buy, then we're not alive. And if our life is based upon things that we're going to eventually lose, then we are basing our life on the wrong things. But when we treasure Christ and value Him, you have something that can't be taken from you. And you could take to a field without a house, without a tree, without anything tonight. And you would have enough treasure to give you happiness and joy and peace. 
And, and the truth of Jesus and what is so admirable about him, the reason why we should treasure him above all things, is because of the revelation of who he is and what he came into this world to do. She's treasuring and marveling over details that the shepherds tell her that the angels had told them. Number one, she's treasuring in her heart the fact that Jesus is the Savior. That her son, this baby wrapped in this barn, put in a feed trough, which is usually made for for animals to eat out of. There he is, he's got poor clothes wrapped around him and he's laid there and she's looking into this child and it's revealed to her both by Gabriel and by the shepherds that this child, who isn't even dressed up nice enough for church, is going to be a savior. And what that always means in the Bible is it always means that Jesus came to forgive sinners, which is good news for Mary, it's good news for the unclean shepherds, and it's good news for you and me. In fact, it's good news of great joy because it means that our sins can be forgiven. The Savior was born to do something about our sins. And we know from the Bible that without the shedding of blood, there can be no salvation. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. And so we know that Jesus came in to be a savior to die on a cross. And Mary is treasuring this. My son. My son is going to reach outsiders. My son is going to reach Gentiles and Jewish sinners. My son is going to be the savior from God to forgive the iniquities of sinful people. And she's looking at the shepherds who are an outward symbol of that uncleanness. And she says, the angels didn't reveal this to the Pharisees in Jerusalem. The angels didn't reveal this to the fancy, sophisticated, educated people from seminary. No, the angels revealed this to shepherds. My son is going to love the unlovely. When you treasure Jesus, that's how you have to treasure him. You have to treasure him, not like a rich man, but like a poor man, like a beggar who came with your cup of of sin and uncleanness and you gave it to him and Jesus gave it back to you cleansed. Jesus gave it back to you as a, you're forgiven. If you believe in Jesus, you're forgiven. Treasure that. You don't don't have to replace the batteries on that. That'll last forever and ever and ever into eternity. His cross, his resurrection in our place. And you know what happens to the people who admire that, who treasure forgiveness from Jesus in their life? You know what happens? They get confidence with God. They know they can stand there on holy ground in grace and forgiveness. They know they can go into his presence. They know they can stand there being right and justified. And all you boys and girls, you know you haven't been perfect. I won't ask you to say amen, boys and girls. But you know you've had those days when you wondered, is Santa going to come? <laughs> that was one of the preacher's kids, I think. No, I don't know. They already have the cheat sheet to the sermon. We're all sinners. 
We all need a Savior. We've rebelled against God. We have willfully gone in the wrong direction. And God doesn't say to us, I hope you get that worked out because if you don't, you won't be saved. He said, I give you Jesus. I give you my only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Treasure that. And that means you can stand there and your conscience can be cleansed. Your your life can be confident. I can stand before God because here in Christ is my salvation. Oh, but also, the more you treasure Jesus as a Savior who forgives your sins, the more humble you will become with other people. You'll become meek. You won't need as much from everybody else. You won't demand as much from everybody else. You won't need everybody to be a functional Savior in your life. Because Jesus is the Savior, not that other person. Jesus is the Savior, not your boss. Jesus is the Savior, not those who say you're unclean or not religious enough to go to church or whatever it might be. You can then be humble and not demand from them, but serve people, become meek. God's been working on my own heart. I I find... In meekness, I was studying a book about meekness, and it said that what meekness was is it's not returning injuries to your enemies. How many of y'all find that hard to do? I do. Man, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes. (laughs) That family's never come back to church. The pastor's teaching them to hit people. Okay. But you know what? The way I become meek, even towards my enemies, even towards my greatest critics who are so wrong, is I look to Jesus and I say, you know, he's been meek with me. He's forgiven me. He's my Savior. He's forgiven me of my sins. And how can I not offer forgiveness to people? How can I not be reconciled with people in my life? How can I not offer at least peace? You treasure Jesus as your Savior. You ponder Him in your heart like Mary. And you're going to be able to go all the way to the cross. She went all the way to the cross without striking at those people who who stripped her son. Who ripped him. Who shred up his skin. She didn't strike back. She didn't hit back. She just took it because she knew what He was doing for her and for all sinners. And I'm jacking everything up back here. Treasure Jesus as the Savior. That's what Mary did. But finally, Mary treasured the fact that Jesus is not only the Savior, He is the Christ. And what that means is that that's the Christ is the Greek word that stands for the Hebrew word Messiah. And Christ, for all the Jewish people, the Christ was going to come one day. Isaiah talked about it. Micah talked about it. Hosea talked about it. Everybody talked about the Messiah, the Christ would come and he would rule and reign over all the nations. He would would judge the whole world and do away with all evil and wickedness and throw it all into the sea of forgetfulness. And he would restore a new heavens and a new earth. He would bring a kingdom and rule on a throne through a theocracy. The Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Jewish people, to this day, they're waiting for the Christ to come and to rule the world. 
And Mary knew from the shepherds and from the angels that what they were saying was, this son of yours is not only the Savior who's going to forgive sinners, he will come one day and rule over all the world. Treasure that. That's a light of the future. That's something you're going to continue to move forward to, to move into, to to go towards. Because what it means is that if Jesus came the first time, Jesus will come a second time. All that suffering in our world, the shootings, the murders, the falling towers... I come from Oklahoma City in 1995, right across the street from my church, First United Methodist Church. Don't judge me. (laughs) Right across from that beautiful building was the Murrah building that got blown up by a Ryder truck and children died that day. Right across the street from the church where I accepted Jesus, the church where I preached my very first sermon, and it was really bad. And there it was, and and it crumbled to the ground. And our church got destroyed with it. What do you do? What do do you you think about God when that happens? What do you say? There's nothing you can't say. There's no answers. There's no neat theological categories for this. There's only a hope. And the hope is this. Jesus is going to come back. And C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, people tell me that heaven cannot reverse the agonies that some people have gone through. But they don't realize that what heaven is, is it's Christ's kingdom reversing and working backwards to make sure that even agonies get turned into glory. And all sad things become untrue. And all tears get wiped off our face. Jesus is the Christ. And Mary knows it. She's treasuring it right there, right there in the manger, man. Right there, she's holding that baby. She knows that right there is the one who's going to undo this sick world, this dark world. He is the hope of human beings, and he's the only hope. There is no other hope. He is the way. So treasure Christ. Admire him. Look to him. Believe in him. Ponder him in your heart. Read the rest of Luke chapter 2 sometime tomorrow or this week, and you'll see she keeps doing it, keeps saying. It says three times in chapter chapter 2, it says she treasured these things in her heart. She marveled at these things. Marvel at Jesus. He is the Savior. He is the Christ. But is he your Savior? That's the question. I want you to get out your candles, and what we're going to do tonight... As the band is coming forward, and I'm going to pray here in a minute. We're going to light our candles, and I'm going to go down the aisle and light the end uh, person's candle. And Roger's going to get up, and he'll do kind of the back half. But we're just going to worship and, um, and finish out our service by remembering that in a dark world, Jesus is always the light. And you know, I want, I want to just say this. This has really been on my heart. I feel like our culture, Christmas is kind of an escapism type deal. It's a distraction from reality. 
But when you know Jesus is your light, he's the breakthrough for your reality. He's the light that waits for you back in your ordinary life, out in your shepherd fields or your, or your Nazareth or your Egypts. Wherever you're going, he is your light and he will give you strength. Look to him. And may this be a powerful reminder he came to be your light in a dark world. So I'm going to pray as we're preparing to sing. Lord Jesus, we just worship you as the light of the world. You are the Savior. You are the Christ. And we want to we treasure and ponder your greatness in our hearts. We worship you. Amen. Jesus, we pray that you'll help us to be like the shepherds, going back, returning to where we've come from, glorifying and praising you.
we know that this world it not only consists of those of who, who have believed in you, but those who need you right now. And we pray that somewhere in their life, even right now, that you would be saving them, drawing them to your light and your goodness, your forgiveness, your grace, and the promise of your new world. And God, for the rest of us, for sins that we need to repent of, give us the grace to do that. For people that we need to love, help us to do that. And for all the things that you've given to us in our life that make us so happy, we give you thanks and praise. Continue to be the light of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Merry Christmas. God bless you. And have a happy new year. Amen.